Plateful of Grateful, Plan Your Best Life from Your Kitchen. Prologue, Desperate Times Call for Desperate Measuring Cups. As a child, I was taught to clean my plate, forced into hollow gratitude for peas, because somewhere in the world there was a child who didn't have anything to eat. Meals became tedious as I watched the clock, waiting for the opportunity to punch out and get back to the playroom where I could pretend abundance surrounded me. Clearly, I had come to believe that I lived in a universe where there wasn't enough. If there were enough, I wouldn't have to eat guilt-ridden peas. Nonetheless, from time to time, Mom would call me to the table, and there would be a new food on my plate. Occasionally, I would bite into the new food and discover that it was delectable. When that happened, I did the happy dance with my fork. Moving the new gastronomic phenomenon to the side of the plate, I'd save it to savor it. Once the more boring portions of my meal were out of the way, I could give the favored food my full attention. I practiced this innocent wisdom at all my meals. I loved to focus on the positive parts of my plate. As I aged, these favored foods became too time-consuming to create. Lost somewhere on the platter of more pressing considerations, these extraordinary eats eventually exited. Those that survived were often covered in ketchup, so they wouldn't stand out. Mealtimes became mundane. Though sometimes pleasant, there was little pleasure. I was on a diet, but I didn't realize I wasn't losing weight. I was losing my enthusiasm. My new food plan demanded less childlike behavior. No more mixing the peas with the mashed potatoes to make them go down easily. Sadly, no more mashed potatoes. Gone were the friendly rituals that helped me swallow unfriendly food groups. I faced my plate with authority or submission. Rarely did I crack a smile. Mealtimes were neater somehow, but not very satisfying. Years went by with only an occasional break from the regiment. Eventually, I stopped planning meals. They just happened. I vacillated between disciplined portioning one day and a gluttonous pig out the next. I never knew what would happen, and I kept repeating the same behavior over and over, expecting a better result. I heard it was Einstein that said that was the definition of insanity. I swore I had control. I swore I had no control. I swore. I tried cooking with wine, lots and lots of wine. I tried cooking with exotic herbs, pungent, illegal ones. Nothing could numb me long enough or deeply enough. I hated my meals. I can't change, I told myself. It's not my fault. Other days, I'd mutter to meddlesome mates, I don't know how to cook and I don't want to learn. Then I'd put my elbows on the vinyl tablecloth and wallow in self-pity. I wanted to be left alone so I could deny the agony for a little bit longer. But denial was no longer working. My life was as flat as a pancake, and any hope of syrup had evaporated. I was beaten to a pulp, and death via insincorator sounded like a plausible solution. I don't know what kept me from stuffing myself down the drain and hitting the wall switch. 
I was powerless to make it better, and I didn't even know exactly what was wrong. Despair and gloom were my table companions at every meal. They didn't say much, but I heard them loud and clear. Then something happened. It was something in the nature of a psychic change, but not in the creepy sense. And ever since that day, I have never been the same. This is the story of what happened next. Chapter 1. Spiritual Nutrition 101 What if you planned your life the way you plan your meals? Would you be mindful that the choices you make fuel your very being? Would you create a well-balanced dinner with a comfortable mix of what you like and what's good for you? Or would you open the cosmic refrigerator mindlessly, grabbing for momentary satisfaction, uncaring that what you chose might not nourish your soul? What we eat fuels our bodies. What we think about fuels our lives. Sometimes a minute detail provided by an accomplished chef can turn an ordinary meal into a gourmet masterpiece. In a similar way, Sometimes only a moment of conscious consideration can turn an ordinary life into a parade of joy. It's time to look at life from a new vantage point, so let's begin in the kitchen. You are the chef in the buffet of your life, so how's the food? Do you frequently find yourself in hot soup? That's no accident. It's the chef's fault. Set up a face-to-face -face meeting and tell him that you feel burned. Do you have a mirror? Life chefs plan the menu of the moment. It can appear complicated to the overwhelmed apprentice that lacks passion and training. Nutritional plans can be even tougher to navigate if the person cooking feels trapped in a kitchen that is too small for his potential. Rumor has it that some life chefs don't even like food. They just go through the motions day in and day out, eagerly awaiting the final punch out. Not so for you, dear reader. You have the makings of a world-class chef, and all you need is the sound of an oven timer to wake you up. You've been sleep cooking. It's no wonder that you've burnt another batch. This mini manual will tutor you on overcoming things that have been eating you up. Its purpose is to share some tricks of the trade that have transformed lives and taught others that being a life chef is the most fantastic calling on the planet. You can enjoy today and tomorrow privy to all the secret ingredients, methods, and tools that produce the perfect recipe for wholeness and bliss. Are you ready to savor situations like side dishes? and endure heartache like hiccups? Will you set the table of this moment and welcome unexpected guests knowing that you will have plenty to go around? If life were a plate, how would you choose to fill it up? Let's get cooking. Chapter 2. First Things First. Building a Team. Clearly, one of the reasons you have thrown in the dish towel is the current state of your kitchen. The counters are littered with debris from days gone by. The oven has a layer of gunk that made Mr. Clean lose his hair. 
The equipment is shot, the tools are broken or dull, and the cabinets are laden with ingredients past their expiration date. It's no wonder you avoid the sink area, where decaying dishes of before became a DeLorean whooshing you back to past failures. It's time to put on the gloves and come out cleaning. Those flimsy latex gloves will not suffice. Reach for the heavy rubber variety for this job, and you will need lots of cleaning supplies. Get ready to make a list. Did you hear that click? And now a faint hum buzzes in the background. That's no surprise. As soon as you become accountable for this grubby kitchen, the oven door locked and the self-cleaning feature went to work. Just a little willingness goes a long way. But to really get this kitchen ready to perform at its fullest potential, you will need to restore order. Chaos contaminates kitchens. This is a big job. You're going to need help. Restoration is not a solo sport. You'll need a team of specialists experienced in transformation. You must ask for help. For some, this is the hardest part of becoming world-class. The tapes of before scrape out an eerie melody. Don't ask. Don't tell. Don't let them see. It's a menacing tune with a funky beat. But let's face it, you can't dance to it. Take a minute and peruse the online job boards in your area and you'll be surprised at the number of help-wanted listings under the restaurant heading. All qualified chefs need good kitchen teams to bring their mouth-watering moments to completion. Do you think Chef Boyardee peeled his own tomatoes or cleaned up the red splatters on his stove splash plate? Of course not. Nor will you. Transformation requires connection. You must fill the most important role first. It's time to find a competent manager for your kitchen. This specialized role demands experience and know-how. To fill the possession successfully requires getting spiritual for a minute. Don't worry, you don't have to get on your knees, though you can if you'd like. The need to hire for this job description begins with the clear recognition that you are surrounded in filth and that this filth is of your own making. If you did get on your knees, the close contact with the grime linoleum might be a hint. Choosing a suitable manager begins with opening your mind to the possibility that there is someone that can restore health and order to the littered and greasy expanse you have created. Some call this special someone good orderly direction, or God for short, but others choose a different name. Are you backing up? Don't run away. You've come this far. You're standing in the place you've been avoiding for years, wearing rubber gloves with a self-cleaning oven radiating heat. With a little honest effort, your kitchen can be restored, and you won't have to hate mealtime anymore. If you're wrestling with these new concepts, just take it slowly. You don't have to accept anything right now. Relax and open your mind to the possibility that a GP, great power, exists and is willing to take on the job. You don't have to return to an image you learned about that invokes fear or that makes you feel uncomfortable. This is your kitchen. The relationships you construct or rebuild in it will be based upon what you can accept and believe. 
not on what you were told to believe years ago. Find your own great power. Don't settle for a job description written by someone else. Do your own interviews and ask the questions you think are important. Like all food truths, starting from scratch will be a, will be a better result than taking a pre-made, boxed, great power mix off the shelf anyway. This is your kitchen manager, your GP we're talking about, the one who will help you shape everything from storage strategy to comprehensive sauce recipes. You may have heard things about the kitchen manager that make you uneasy. Don't believe fear-based gossip and hearsay. To get your Michelin stars, you're going to need a hands-on, personal relationship. Knowing about the GP is much different than knowing the GP. Don't settle for less. Many accomplished chefs took this part piecemeal and still enjoyed the artistic energy that comes from simply seeking the inventor of kitchen creativity. Besides, it's a great power with unlimited skills. Your job is to ask for more participation as you feel ready to accept it. The great power always honors your free will and heart's desires. Developing individual interactions with seekers is a specialty of the GP, so lighten up. Any straightening or restructuring will be done in the background using your gifts and yearnings as the blueprint for your transformed kitchen space. All changes will be approved by you, but the GP will do most of the heavy lifting. Your part will be coming to believe that these improvements can be made by the GP and that your kitchen is worthy of the efforts. When ready, ask the GP for help. Offer to turn the kitchen over to his care. Trust that the benefits of this surrender will quickly become evident. Take a deep breath. You're doing great. You've accepted the need for the kitchen manager, the GP, and you've asked him to facilitate the restoration project. The GP will put an ad in the classifieds to find others who know how to clean a kitchen. You're going to need a team to back you up. The skilled will begin to show up in your life. Get ready to learn some new moves. Allow them to share their knowledge and strength with you. Soon, you'll be surrounded with people who know the definition of elbow grease. Let them teach you what they know. Cleaning out the rubble of hurtful hush puppies, livid lasagnas, pitiful pastries, and terrified treacle will take some scraping. Your support team will become invaluable. Lean on their kitchen wisdom. They've been in dirtier kitchens than this one and will think no less of you when they see it. Actually, they will applaud you for making the decision to finally take action. Then, they'll tell you about what it was like in their kitchen years ago. As they share stories about their grubby grub houses, you'll realize that maybe your situation is worthy of hope. If they can do it, so can you.